If you've been looking for a comprehensive Bible school curriculum that explores redemptive realities in Jesus Christ grounded in the Word of God, look no further. The goal of this podcast is to spread the life-transforming Word of God throughout the world for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ in what Jesus has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God the Father. There's such an untapped potential for Christians to enter into their glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ. Together we will discover what Jesus has done for us by providing such a great salvation and how to appropriate the promises of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 31, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Each podcast season will cover one of the books that I have compiled over the years. You can find a complete listing of my Christian education material on my website at www.wordinspire.com. You're welcome to download these ebooks for free in PDF format for your own personal or ministry use. So let's explore these biblical truths and principles together that will absolutely transform our lives. God bless. Welcome to the Gospel series, The Parables of Jesus, the Good Samaritan, found in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37. Jesus reveals what true religion is all about. The context of this parable is an expert in the law asks Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, Who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said. When I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. 
Who is my neighbor? Remember that Jesus came to the earth while the old covenant was in force. Therefore, a lot of what he said and did was in conformity to that dispensational period. However, Jesus came to fulfill the law and the commandments and usher in a new covenant of grace, much more superior to the old covenant. Matthew chapter 5 verse 17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. This was not the first time Jesus was asked this question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You can also look in Matthew chapter 10, verse 17, and Luke 18, verse 18. Jesus answered them all the same way, as far as the old covenant was concerned, obey the law. Leviticus 18.5 Keep my decrees and laws, for the man who obeys them will live by them. I am the Lord. Predictably, the religious leaders wanted to show Jesus that he was a righteous man, self-righteous that is. He wanted to make a distinction of who his neighbor was, who would be worthy of his love. Jesus declared that we are to love everyone, even our enemies. Matthew chapter 5 verse 44, Luke chapter 6 verse 27. The religious leaders were notorious for keeping the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law. Matthew chapter 12 verse 3 through 8, chapter 15 verse 1 through 9, chapter 23 verse 1 through 39. Mark chapter 7 verse 1 through 13. God's requirements for salvation under the new covenant is simplified. It's all about Jesus. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 through 10. We are to believe on Jesus and love one another. That fulfills the law. According to John chapter 13 verse 34 to 35. 1 John chapter 3 verse 23. In John 6 29, Jesus answered, The work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. Let's look again at Luke chapter 10, verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he fell into the hands of robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. When he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came by to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. When he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. That's what it means to be a good neighbor. The religious elite. Since the expert in the law was wanting to justify himself, Jesus provided a wonderful example of how one is to put their religion into practice in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 4, James chapter 1 verse 26 to 27. In Luke chapter 10 verse 30, in reply Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Jesus begins the story with a man taking a journey on a road from Jerusalem to Jericho alone. 
This road was known for being full of danger and peril due to the high rocks and ravines and caves. Back then, they did not have much law and order. It was like the Wild West in the wilderness, a haven for gangs of robbers and bandits that would descend on innocent folks. Remember the two men crucified with Jesus? They were thieves themselves in Matthew 27 verse 38 to 44. Now when Jesus said they had left him half dead, this man was as good as dead out there in the middle of nowhere. Like Paul, when he was stoned, these kinds of people intend for their deaths. Acts chapter 14 verse 19 to 20. Now in Luke chapter 10 verse 31, Jesus went on to say, a priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place where he saw him, passed by on the other side. But alas, the Calvary is coming, a priest, a man of the cloth, a man who exemplifies mercy and compassion, has stumbled across this unfortunate traveler. Hope for the hopeless has come, but not. The priests and Levites were consecrated unto God for religious service. Unfortunately, their definition embraced a wide separation from the common person. Now, in their defense, they probably thought this man was dead, so they did not want to risk it to find out and then become ceremonially unclean if the man was indeed dead. Numbers chapter 5, verse 1 through 4, chapter 9, verse 6 through 10. Now in John eighteen twenty-eight, it states, Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Of course, there was provisions in the Mosaic Law for them to become ceremonially clean again, but that would have imposed delays and costs, so in their mind, this was an unnecessary distraction. This is a classic example of the letter of the law being exalted above the spirit of the law. Like ceremony and cleanliness, another secret cow was keeping the Sabbath to the extreme. The religious leaders of that day added all kinds of additional requirements to this basic requirement. Jesus points out that human life is more important than following man's traditions. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 1 through 8. I like what it says in Matthew 12, verse 11. Jesus said to them, If any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Notice what Jesus said. How much more valuable is a person? The priest and Levite could have been temporarily unclean for helping the man, but it's worth it. Unfortunately, they had an obsessive preoccupation with ceremonial cleanliness. Well, the irony of it all was in all their outward conformity, Jesus pointed out their inward baseness. In Matthew 23, verse 27, Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside you are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Authentic Compassion So let's keep on reading the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you 
for any extra expense you may have. First of all, it was not by chance that Jesus used a Samaritan as the good guy in this story. Samaritans were ethnically half-Jewish and half-Gentile. They were hated by the Jews, according to John 4 verse 9. A true Jew would go miles out of his way to travel around Samaria to get to Jerusalem. They were not allowed to worship in Jerusalem. They were spurned as outcasts and demonized. Luke 17 verse 16, John chapter 4 verse 19 to 26, and chapter 8 verse 48. So this Samaritan man took pity on the half-dead traveler and was not hung up by religion to do something to help this man. So he went out of his way and took care of him and paid for his recovery. Without the compassion of the Samaritan, the man would have died for sure. Jesus is giving us a mandate to lay aside our inhibitions and fears and reach out to people who are in need. People are looking for real, authentic love. As the Church of Jesus Christ, are we giving it all to them? The greatest need that mankind has is the need for salvation. After that, physical and mental healing. Romans chapter 12 verse 16. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. One of the teachers of the law heard Jesus debating and asked him which commandment was the most important. In Mark 12, verse 28 to 31, Jesus quoted Old Testament scripture. The man was impressed. Let's read that. Mark chapter 12, verse 32. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered him wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. Notice that this teacher of the law understood the spirit of the law, devotion of heart towards God and mankind, not just mechanical and superficial observances of religious rites. Even as New Covenant believers, we can become Christian in name only, having a form of godliness and going through the motions. 2 Timothy 3.5, James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26, 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. Good deeds are the result of being born again, the fruit of the Spirit. Matthew 5.16, Titus 3, verse 8 and verse 14, 1 Peter 2.12. We are saved unto good works, not by good works. Ephesians 2.10, Proverbs 21.3, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Love in action. Let's keep on reading in Luke chapter 10, verse 36. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. The religious leader could not even get himself to say it was a Samaritan who had done the right thing. This is how entrenched their bias and prejudice was against them at that time. Jesus, being their God, was wanting more than just lip service from his people. Likewise, for us under the new covenant, our faith is expressed by what we do. James chapter 2 verse 14 to 26. Mark 7 verse 6. He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God 
and are holding on to the traditions of men. I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life study series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.